You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Episode of what comes next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline back talking more NXT on the WWE Network slash Hulu. Hello, Jacqueline. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, did your trend, your one-week trend of watching NXT UK continue into week two, or did it cease? Uh, it ceased, but it's only because with Halloween being on the Wednesday and then just us Downslide into the weekend. Mm-hmm. Just didn't have the time. I noticed something this week. Yes. Uh, something interesting that I was not expecting, which is that they didn't air one episode of NXT UK last week. They aired two. So I've heard. So now it becomes almost NXT is going to be as long as main roster shows. <laughs> well, I think for the time being. So, because I know they're going to do. Um, for next week's episodes, there's also two episodes. And I feel like this is being done because these shows that they're airing now are kind of old-ish. Uh, right. Like at uh, at the Evolution pay-per-view, in the uh, a match that did not air on television, they had the NXT UK Women's Champion defend her belt. It wasn't on television because... Technically, in TV canon, she hasn't won it yet. Those episodes of NXT UK have not aired yet, and uh, for whatever reason, they delayed the start of NXT UK, and they had this backlog of episodes, and now I'm thinking that they're thinking... They're trying to catch up. ...that they need to catch up, so they're airing... I think they're probably going to air two episodes at a time for a bit, and then drop it back down to one episode, is my thinking. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, particular thoughts on the shows this week? There was really not a whole lot uh, that really stood out. Uh, you could tell how old these shows were because Danny Birch uh, wrestled on episode three. And you might know him as one half of the tag team with Oni Lorcan. And uh, during this episode... They mentioned how Danny Birch is going it on his own because Oni Lorcan is on the shelf. So, oh, uh, these are slightly out of date, and maybe that's why they're also speeding things up a bit because he's no longer on his own. He's now back with his partner. <laughs> um, yes, uh, they've uh, they're uh, putting a. It looks like they're putting a group together with the uh the coffee brothers who have been on the a couple of these episodes along with wolfgang i think all three of these men are scottish so they're going to form some sort of scottish uh group uh and they will <laughs> and and they will be bad they will be bad guys uh the main event of uh that third episode was uh zach gibson who would be the fellow who had everyone taking their shoes off and disdain for him uh on the episode that you watched <laughs> yeah yeah I like 
Or I don't like him. I like the crowd's reaction to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had a really good main event with Noam Dar, and uh, in which Zach Gibson won. Uh, so okay. they did uh, they did something good there. And uh, the uh, episode four had, uh, like, Mustache Mountain won a tag match. Uh, they had another women's match. Uh, featuring two people that didn't really stand out to me. I, I actually don't remember who was in it. Uh, this was actually a much more forgettable episode. I think the main event being Mark Andrews uh, defeating Wolfgang, and that is when the Scottish group formed with the Coffee Brothers. Uh, okay. So that was kind of it, though. Uh, it's going to be tough with them piling on these episodes. It's going to be difficult for me to remember everything that happened in them. Uh, so hopefully they stop doing these two episodes in a row thing. <laughs> they'll they'll break it down back to one, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but that leaves us with our actual episode of uh, North American NXT. There we go. Yes. Uh, it's episode 475. And this episode was basically the uh, NXT TakeOver War Games card show. Like, this is... The episode yep. where we start finding out matches. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we start off with uh, Nikki Cross and Mercedes Martinez was the opener. Uh, Mercedes is uh, has been in the Mae Young Classic the last two years in a row. And she <laughs> is a longtime women's independent wrestler uh, who never really got a shot. Uh, at WWE, really until last year with this Mae Young Classic thing. She's been wrestling forever. And yeah, they mentioned it many times in the, like the announcers did. Yeah, like, she's. They kept saying it. She's in this group of women who, uh, it was once described to me as uh, they were, it felt like they were uh, auditioning for a job that didn't exist. Because okay. they were res they were female wrestlers at a time where in WWE they weren't really interested in female wrestlers. They were interested in uh, fitness models Females. or yeah. yeah, somebody who could look good in a bikini that they could kind of semi train to wrestle competently enough that they wouldn't kill each other, uh, <laughs> which kind of happened to one degree or another back in those times. Uh, so yeah, like her breed of wrestler didn't start really becoming accepted in WWE until last year, which is kind of sad if you think about it, but that's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not really in the prime of her career anymore, but she was still excellent here. I really like this match with Nikki because this kind of felt like a fight. Yes, I did like it. I did. I did definitely enjoy this one. So they, I thought they were really good. And I like that Nikki's doing a lot more things right now. Yes. So it seems like they're they're building her up for something. Mm -hmm. She's uh, she's heavily involved in a lot of stuff on TV. So I'm curious as to uh, what it leads to for sure. Uh, and also, really, oh, oh sorry, just to go um, to your point in the beginning, I'm surprised they haven't um, put her in the in NXT UK. Oh, Nikki. Yeah. Because of her sorry. her Scottishness. Yeah. Correct. I, I'm yeah. I'm a little surprised she hasn't shown up there yet either. Uh, maybe she will at some point, though. Maybe. I have no idea. I 
unlike unlike NXT, and I don't read the NXT spoilers, but at least I know when the spoilers are out there. I never end up seeing like here's the NXT UK spoilers, so I have no idea when they've even taped things. So oh, I, gotcha. I, it's like a super mystery to me. Uh, I have like a general idea of when the taping cycle ends for regular NXT and when we've moved to a new set of tapings, but uh, <laughs> with NXT UK, I have no idea. So gotcha. Uh, this was actually pretty engaging. They had me going there for a little bit, thinking that maybe Mercedes Martinez was going to beat Nikki here. She pump like near the end. She gave her like a bunch of backdrop suplexes, uh, some yep. like, some germ- like she was just killing her with move after move after move. And then Mercedes hit her with her finisher, the Fisherman Buster. But uh, I think maybe she no, she actually hit her with it. Nikki kicked out, and mm-hmm. uh, and she hit. Mercedes with her swinging neckbreaker thingy, which she calls the purge. <laughs> they really missed out on the movie tie in there. Uh, yeah. And she got the win. And at the end, instead of having like a, a healthy, respectable handshake, these two women angrily stared at each other. And then Nikki decided that was fun. Yeah. So that was like her respect. That's Nikki's respect. Yes, she likes she likes to beat up on people. I guess. Yes. I don't know. And um, oh, go ahead. Do you have any no, other thoughts on the match? Yeah, I like I liked um, I liked both of them, and um, I agree with you. And you say I really thought at one point that that Mercedes was going to win, and I was kind of excited for it because I was like, oh man, that would be so cool if one time like you know, because especially because she is known and like she she has been. Um, in the industry for so long. Because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, you know, you just you just know when people come out who's going to win. Yeah. So I thought that would have been a cool play on it, but I thought it was good. And I wonder if they're going to bring her in, like, in a Cassius Ono type role where she's like a player coach. Because mm, she'd, be she'd be a very good... I mean, they've already got a lot of actually very talented um, ex-female wrestlers that are coaching the younger women, but... It wouldn't hurt to add Mercedes Martinez to the roster of of ladies teaching the newer generation, uh, but uh, I, I have no idea if they actually signed her or not. But they gave her a really good showing here, and the crowd was really excited. They this did. Year. Uh, then something weird happened. Yeah. Candice LeRae came out, and it looked like she hadn't slept in a week. Yep. Her hair was not pretty and pristine. She was dressed in all black. She had black lipstick on, like she was just at a funeral, perhaps for Mm -hmm. Johnny Wrestling. She marched into the ring to confront Nikki. Uh, What she was upset about, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Or maybe she was questioning whether Nikki saw what she saw, or why didn't she tell her? Why didn't she say something to somebody else earlier? And then Nikki left the ring maniacally laughing, as she is wont to do. Yes. And then Alistair Black came out. Uh, He did not look happy at all. In fact, he stalked to the ring. I was actually a little concerned about this. Because he walked to the ring like he was going to pummel Candice LeRae. And I'm not entirely sure that she's guilty in this situation at all. Probably not. But I thought he was going to, like, like do something to get to try and draw Johnny out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, 
He, I mean, yeah. he was asking her where he was, and mm-hmm. she said he's not there. And she seemed... I think there's some people who thought this counts as a Candace LeRae heel turn because of how she was dressed. But no. I really think this was really meant more as, like, a symbolic, like, she's a wreck. Like, yeah. she wasn't expecting this from her husband. She doesn't know what's going on. The clothes and the look is really more symbolic than anything. Like, she like she is in mourning. Uh, also, this could just be her everyday look. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe this is, like, just out of, out of gear Candace. Yeah. This is... This is Candace every day. Real life Candace. The yep. character Candace is all bubblegum and happy. But yep. real life Candace is super emo. Pretty uh, much how it goes. <laughs> uh, well, she, he wasn't there. So Alistair threatened bodily harm on Candace's husband. And basically says that his future in NXT will be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then got a continuation of our Street Profits and the Mighty Feud. Stemming yeah. from several weeks back when the Mighty took advantage of Montez Ford's knee injury and uh, was was able to pin him, sneak away with the win. And this was kind of the, the rematch here. Yes. Now that the Street Profits are back at 100%. And uh, they once again had a pretty good match. And I, I don't th- actually. I think the the match they had before was better than this one, but I still like this. I match. agree. Yeah, it was good. Also, I was I I'm glad. I, not that I didn't. I think I missed the Street Profits, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like a little bit. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've been seeing like the Lars Sullivan's, the EC threes, and I'm just like, oh yeah, the Street Profits. That's what we needed. The fun. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the uh, Angelo Dawkins got the hot tag, came in and ran wild. Uh, there's some double team moves. The Street Pop, uh, Profits used a final flurry of offense to set up their finish. Montez came off the top rope with his frog splash on Shane Thorne to get the win. And the Profits have recovered their chains and cup. Yes. The, the most s- important. The, the symbolic cup. Of course, because as we all know, those are not expensive, but symbolically, uh, it's a symbolic victory. He took it back. Uh, Any other thoughts on uh, on this Street Profits victory? They finally got their win. Yes, I really enjoyed. And also, I think part of the reason why I I did like it is because Angelo Dawkins was flying a little bit himself. And I just appreciated that a lot Mm -hmm. when he like when he like jumped and did the double kick thingy. I was like, oh, he didn't do it very much. Yeah. No, but I I want him to do that more. He's not Montez Ford, but, you know, a good effort. He he delivers. He did. Uh, Kathy Kelly was backstage and interviewed William Regal. At Mm. which point, Jacqueline must have been checking her uh, calendar feverishly to see if it was, in fact, the 25th of December. Because Christmas came early when Regal announced that Tommaso Ciampa will be defending his NXT championship at War Games against Velveteen Dream in a singles match. Yay! The one-on-one match is uh, is happening. Aleister Black yeah. interrupted the interview and demanded to know the whereabouts of Johnny Gargano. Regal said, mm-hmm. hey, Candice already told you earlier, dude. He's not here. And mm-hmm. uh, then 
Regal announced that there will be a singles match between the two of them at TakeOver. I uh, I fear for Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah. I, and Johnny's He's... been on Twitter as well uh, oh. after this match was announced. And, and he is playing okay. it very interestingly on, mm. on Twitter. Uh Let's see if I can find this here real quick. Uh, so here's basically, here's some things that he tweeted. This is going back to the 31st of October. Mm-hmm. He tweets, always remember, I would never lie to you, NXT fans. I love you guys. If you would like to know why, all you have to do is ask me. I'll tell you. And then he says, next week. I promise I will tell you everything you need to know. Pinky swear. And then when they announced this match, he's got like a picture of like the match uh, graphic. Uh-huh. And it's, and he tweets reasons, motives, or personal beliefs aside, there's going to be a fight at War Games. And after everything I've been through this past year, I guarantee there's nothing that you can do to me that life already hasn't. So uh, I think that's a message to Alistair Black. So I'm curious as to how they're taking this. Like, Johnny might be a heel, but he feels very justified in his actions, maybe? He just sounds like an emo kid putting up an away message. (laughs) Maybe. Like, that's what this sounds like. You can't do anything to me that hasn't already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Also, (laughs) going back to an earlier comment, Candace's outfit, clearly a Halloween costume. Forgot about that. Ah, that's right. It was Halloween. So that might have been it. But also, I still think that Johnny Gargano is going to go full on dark, and he mm. and Tommaso Ciampa are going to pair up again. Maybe. That's my uh, dream is going to win. Then the two of them are going to pair up and just wreak havoc on everyone. Yes. Uh, speaking of wreaking havoc, <laughs> Lars Sullivan was shown wreaking havoc backstage as he threw Ugh. a gigantic giant man temper tantrum uh, an upset Lars Sullivan wanted a title match challenging Ciampa Sullivan vowed to rip Velveteen Dream apart and take his spot as the next challenger a match between them has been scheduled for the next episode so boy but that one on one match could be in trouble I'm I'm not happy about it no me but because come on if Lars Sullivan goes up against Champa. It's not going to be an entertain. It's not going to be as entertaining as Dream. Agreed. Going against Champa. Agreed. So, it w- it yeah. will be Champa running for most of that match and being screwed. Oh my gosh. Uh, that might be worse. Up next, uh, we had Luke Menzies, which I just can't get past that name. I I can only think of onesies whenever I okay. hear that name. So it's just it's ingrained in my brain. I'm glad you went there and not somewhere else. Thank you. Uh, Luke, I'm, well, I'm just being honest. Like when I heard, and, and having yeah. two kids, like we've had a lot of onesies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Luke Menzies uh, taking on Matt Riddle, who is debuting here. Matt, of course, defeated him because it's Matt Riddle's debut. And yep. uh, he had my favorite entrance of all time. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Really? Yeah. When he. What about it made it your favorite? Uh, mainly, I think it's one of those things, like, have you ever done something, uh, 
on purpose, but then it also accidentally did something cool that you were not intending. Yeah. So for me, it was when Matt jumps, because Matt Riddle is a a very skilled fighter, but he is Mm -hmm. also a very laid back guy. Right. Uh, if if people remember like Rob Van Dam from the old WWE WWF or ECW days, is a very similar like character who is very laid back but is also a very skilled athlete. Uh, it is something similar to that. And Matt comes out here wearing like what, neon green sandals. Yes, <laughs> like he's at the beach, and his entrance involves him springboarding over the top rope into the ring. And then he kind of just does a jump and kick and the sandals go flying. And <laughs> one of these sandals lands right in front of the camera. It just yeah. perfectly lands in front of the camera. And I'm like, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> and I, like I said, I was already a fan of his from the, from the Indies. Uh, and he's right. essentially playing the same character here. Uh, I mean, I was okay with it. The, here's the thing that I didn't like about this. And the only thing I didn't like about this really is how they... Handle in the in the olden days when you debut a guy, he would come in against a Luke Menzies and he would completely smash him. He would right. not take very much offense or anything like that. But now I think maybe they're getting a little too. I think maybe NXT is getting a little too ahead of itself. Like they know that their core audience is mostly people who are like really insidery. These are people who are. For the most part, these are people who are big fans of the independents and things like that. And they know a lot about the ins and outs of wrestling. And I feel like their idea here was to showcase to those fans in particular, if you're unfamiliar with Matt Riddle, of how good of a worker he is in the terms of, like, the inside parts of the business. Like, here's his good offense, but also look at his charisma. Now look at how good he can sell for Luke Menzies. Uh, you know, things like that. And I already know that he can do those things. Well, he probably shouldn't be taking much of a beating from a guy who's low on the totem pole. Like Luke Menzies, save that for his Cassius Ono match. Luke Menzies should have gotten a couple of shots here, but it should have mostly been Matt just smashing him and hitting him with his move and putting him in his, um, submission, AKA the bro mission, which is what he did. Uh, and then beat him. I mean, he did pummel this man, but Luke Menzies, I thought, got in too much of a. He got in too much offense. I didn't like. It was how they, too much of a. It was ahead. too much of a fair fight for you. Yes, it should not have been presented in such a manner. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, it was okay. I was a little bored. Oh, I mean that's I'll okay. Yeah. No, I mean that's okay. He, I mean, well, not everybody is going to appeal to everybody. That's for sure. Yes. Um, now, I mean, part of it could be that he's in there with Luke Menzies, uh, put him in there with people that he has, uh, a history or a pre-existing chemistry with, you know, may, I mean, and it's always kind of difficult to judge like a show by the first episode. So, oh yeah, no, and I'm not saying I'm never going to be a fan. I'm just saying yes. like, man, and this did not, and I'm I'm not really going to argue with you. This really didn't light my world on fire either. Right. Uh, he did the things that I mostly expected him to do, and he won his match. But this Luke Menzies guy got in a bunch of offense, and I don't care about this guy. So, uh, if anything, it kind of brought Matt Riddle down a little bit for me. 
in that sense, like Luke Menzies can beat up on this guy, you know, anybody yeah, can like, beat up on this guy. EC3 so, can and crush this guy. Who? <laughs> right. Matt Riddle. Um, but as I'm watching this, like, so obviously I don't know the independent wrestling thing, so I don't know who this guy is from anyone, mm-hmm. but as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, they must be like on equal footing. Yeah. Like, really, like, oh, they must be this like the same type of people, you know, like at the same level. But now listen right. to you speak, they're not. And that's, that's really not what they want you to get out of this, though. They want you to think that Matt Riddle is the star. But that's really not no. what you get when you watch it. It felt like Matt Riddle was the better of these two guys. Yes. I think is what it boiled down to. Um, the main event match of the show was next. And this actually was my favorite match on the show by far. Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch defeated the team of Raul Mendoza and Umberto Carrillo. Yes. And I have seen Mendoza before and Carrillo before, but I've never really seen them get a chance to do too much. And right, right. Because usually they just get pummeled. And they did so much cool stuff in this match. Yes. This Carrillo kid, he... He looks like he's six feet tall, but he also looks like he's ten. He has, like, yeah. the most boyish face I've ever seen. <laughs> um, in Mexico, he wore a mask. His name was Ultimo Ninja, which is a pretty cool name. Of course it was. A little cooler than Umberto Carrillo, but he did, the like, the coolest arm drag ever where he, like, sprung up on the ropes and then jumped a million feet into the air. And yep. then came down an arm drag. I can't remember which one it was, Lorcan or Birch. But they, Mendoza and these guys should stay together as a team because they had good chemistry and they looked really cool. Uh, yes. They got in some offense on Lorcan and Birch. Eventually, Lorcan and Birch came back and destroyed these poor guys and uh, yep. hit their assisted implant DDT thing for the win. I really like this match. What about you? I thought it was uh, same. I thought it was really good. I've seen. I know I've seen Carrillo live. I may have seen Mendoza, but yeah, and that's that's what they do. Like they they have like Carrillo, especially when we saw him, he had like this big long match. Just did a lot of like the flipping and the kicking and the high mm-hmm. flying stuff, and yeah, just let him do it. Did like, you, it's so awesome. Did you in your in the few house show exploits you've had with NXT? Did you get mm-hmm. to see? Um, trying to think of his name. Is it Stacy Irvin or something I mean, like that? I'd have to see his face. Maybe. Um, he's, uh, I think his, uh, he's dating Simone Biles, the gymnast, the Olympic gymnast. And I think he himself is also like an Olympic level gymnast. And uh, oh. he's doing the house show stuff right now. Cause he's still in training, but apparently he is also incredible and does like incredible, insane things. Uh, okay, so I just looked uh, looked him up. I have not seen him live. Okay. Um, but he looks like um, Corbin Blue from High School Musical, so now I want to see him live even more. <laughs> um, but that that aside, because I love all the, the high-flying, flipping-type stuff, so this yeah, match was too. just awesome. And I love Lorcan and Birch. Uh, so mm-hmm. they promoted what, what would have been our main event up next which was Mm -hmm. supposed to be War Raiders against Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. Uh, It starts with the Undisputed Era in the back doing their normal hype promo thing that they do. Mm -hmm. But then something different happened. Yes. Adam Cole is talking, and then, like in a cartoon, 
he is he goes oh god and then is sucked behind the curtain that is behind them <laughs> like they gave him the hook yeah. and it's because the war raiders like snuck up behind them and started pummeling the undisputed era uh two on four and this fight spills out into the the parking lot area where one of them like throws Adam Cole into the side of a truck like a lawn dart and yes, it was pretty cool it was very cool and then the undisputed era they start fighting back and they start gaining their their advantage back cuz it's four guys to two and then like out of nowhere ricochet comes running in and he like jumps off like a picnic table or something and like flies into all of these guys and he's yep. slowly evening the odds up and they start brawling back into the building and they brawl back into ringside and then the Undisputed Era finally re-regain their advantage and they're beating on War Raiders and Ricochet when Pete Dunn comes flying in and they start, all four of them start smashing the Undisputed Era who take off and William Regal comes out and he is really upset about the chaos that has been wreaked on his television show. And he yes. announces that these two teams will face each other in the War Games match at NXT TakeOver mm-hmm. War Games. Uh, there's two... Th- I have two things. I have one thing that I really liked. Okay. I really like this whole th- this whole segment, the brawl. The yeah. crazy fight and all that. Yeah. There's one thing I don't like, and uh-huh. this is like... Just one of those, like... Is it like a super nerdy thing? It's a super nerdy thing. You're correct. Uh, and I can't help oh. myself. But uh, this is something that I noticed. And this is like, a, this isn't just... This is really more of a WWE-wide problem. As different as NXT is from the main roster, they still suffer from a few of the same afflictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, WWE has a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell, where... You're guaranteed to have at least one, but usually more than one, Hell in a Cell match. Uh, Usually, in ye olden days of wrestling, uh, a feud would build to the point where you would need a cage, or a ladder match, or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be to settle the score. But now they're sort of setting these pay-per-views up in advance, so you don't you never really get a story that feels like it's naturally leading to this. Instead, it feels like, uh, well, we've got to do a hell in a cell match. So we've got to make up a story that would fit inside the hell in a cell, but it's already being presented to you in advance. So like when they announced NXT takeover war games a couple of months ago, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you know that something is going to just, Oh, as it just so happens, it's a good thing that you guys are all fighting because our next show is war games. So you guys can be in the war games match for me. It would work better if the show is NXT takeover Los Angeles and they never say it's war games. War games. Then these guys start fighting and they're like, you know what? There's only one way to settle this feud. It's in war game. Like they don't announce that it's war games until this happens. And then, then you announce that, the show is not NXT TakeOver Los Angeles anymore. Now it's going to be TakeOver War Games. Like, it's sort of like they're advertising it in advance. So everything so sort you, of, it sort of feels like they're putting, around it. yeah, it sort of feels like they're putting the cart before the horse, I guess, a little bit. But okay. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to cry over spilt milk here. This is just kind of one of these things that they do now. 
I can't complain about this match because this is going to no. be incredible. And so, a few observations I had. First of all, did you see Bobby Fish went after the guy's knee with the chair again? It's yes. The thing. Knee jerk. It's the thing. Yeah. Um. So there's a pattern going on here. I think mm-hmm. he's going to break someone's leg by the time it's over. Yeah. Also, I got to say my favorite thing was when of this whole match, like it was all or whatever, brawl, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really enjoy it as well, but I loved when William Regal just came out and was like, you all want to beat the hell of it out of each other. And it just reminded me of like, I don't know, like an old TV show where like the dad walks in. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just like. If you're gonna, bizarre and funny. Oh, you think you're going to smoke cigarettes? Well, you guys, you're going to have to smoke the whole pack right now. Right? That's basically what it was like. like yes. You want to just beat the hell out of each other. And I'm like, this is perfect. Or the crap, whatever he said. It was the greatest way to like, his build up to the announcement, though, I thought was fantastic. Yes. Um, so I really appreciate William Regal for that. And also Adam Cole's reactions. Oh, he's tremendous. Always seems so wonderful to me and also oh my other thing like when they were throwing adam cole into the side of a truck i was really worried that it was chompa's house what if he was sleeping and it woke him up (laughs) right he's gonna be so angry (laughs) he's always so grumpy anyway imagine if he hasn't gotten a full night's sleep i know he's literally gonna kill someone (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i wish i had thought of that that's so brilliant (laughs) the other thing with that that area in the little like courtyard area was that there were dudes with suits who were sitting at a table like mm. one of the picnic tables I think. and then they all came out and started like beating the hell out of each other and they moved to the side standing there watching everything like i wonder if that's a normal occurrence at full sail university like well lunch is ruined guys like yes there that reminded me that reminded me of a scene in um in season two of iron fist on netflix where uh, Iron Fist is in like a fight with uh, like a bad guy, right? And there, the fight mm-hmm. spills onto a subway train in New York. And I don't know what the what the reasoning was behind this, but when Aurora and I were talking about it, we had come to the conclusion that New York has seen so many superheroes fighting that they just didn't care because these two were like fighting on the subway train, and people are just like looking at their phones. And like reading a newspaper or something like they looked more than anything. They looked mad that it was like causing the train to need to stop. Like they needed to get where they needed to get to. As a New York or as a former New Yorker, I guess, who take the subway often, like I can attest to that. They were probably just more annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) There's these two people having this like crazy Kung Fu fight. And maybe they were just unimpressed (laughs) because it was just a Kung Fu fight. Like, you know, they'd seen Thor and the Hulk. Like, this is just two people doing, you know, Jackie Chan stuff. Who cares? Yeah. No one wants to see that live. Come on. (laughs) Uh, where's yeah. your hammer? <laughs> yeah, where's your magic hammer? Uh, <laughs> overall, though, um, you know, minus that quibble about putting the cart before the horse, that's just a thing that they do. So aside from that, I really mm-hmm. like this whole segment, and I'm really, really looking forward to a match that's going to have, like, eight really awesome dudes colliding in what will probably be, like, the craziest match we'll see this year. So Yep. Pandemonium. I'm excited for this. Uh, what would you give this week's episode? Okay, so I like 
a lot of it. Some of it I thought was really slow. So I'm going to go a little lower on this one, actually. And I'm going to go probably a two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay, so I like this yeah. one. I, I ended up liking this one a bit more. I ended up giving it a th- oh. three and a half. Uh-huh. Okay. I was pretty. I was pretty happy. There, there were no blow away matches. I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I was. I was blown away by how much I enjoyed Mendoza and Carrillo as a tag team. Yeah. The match They're itself awesome. was. The match itself wasn't like a, an amazing match, but they showed a lot of incredible potential. Uh, Matt Riddle's entrance was awesome, but I was a little underwhelmed by his debut. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see the Street Profits get their cup and chain back. Uh, yeah. And Nikki Cross and Mercedes Martinez was was good fun. Uh, and the main event angle was a lot of fun as well. But it's far from the best episode of NXT we've we've watched since doing uh, this podcast. Yes. Some good Some good story stuff continues to unfold. Yes, and I will say that. It's so while while in the the matches itself might have been underwhelming a little bit to me, at least the storytelling is coherent. Oh yes, I def I definitely have a handle on where everything is at, and so much so to the point where I have an idea of where it could go, and the possibility that it could go there actually exists. So that's a yeah. plus, more than I can yeah. say for a lot of wrestling sometimes. So that's a win. It's so true. Uh, all right. So uh, before we go, uh, thank you to the good people over at Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page. And while you're there, you can check out the archives of this show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe. Uh, if you want to do some mailbag stuff, cinemageekly at gmail.com uh, is where you can send that stuff into. Um there might be some in the mailbag now. I was just too busy to check. So <laughs> uh, keep sending them in. Uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, Jacqueline and I will be back next week talking episode, ooh, what is it, 476 of NXT featuring perhaps the championship title opportunity of Velveteen Dream being on the line when he faces Lars Sullivan. <laughs>